The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for hanging in there with us and being valued listeners. And also thank you to our valued sponsors, making sure that uh, Super Talk and the Advisors Roundtable is possible. So Bubba, you know, many times what we're talking about on the Advisors Roundtable has to do with statistics and trends and, and all the like. And, I'm and, and the fun part of it is, you know, 88% of those statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, if, if we really didn't have any ethics about us, mm-hmm. we could almost make them up to yeah. try to prove our own. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a politician. Right. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. make them up to prove your point, huh? Mm-hmm. But, but we try not to do that. And today I'm going to allude to a white paper that was written uh, for the National Bureau of Economic Research. All right, hold on. White paper. Yeah. You got to start there first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is a white paper? So bas- basically this is a uh, these are papers that are written by learned people and most of the time a white paper uh, has a conclusion that is almost like law. Mm-hmm. You you get them a lot out of the IRS, you get them a lot out of Bureau of Labor Statistics, yeah. uh, the Department of Labor. And so let's say you and I had a debate about something. Mm-hmm. You know, we felt like that uh, Mississippi's economy could be improved by blank. Right. And you filled in your blank, and I filled in my blank, and we presented this to, say, a group of economists and mm-hmm. accountants and attorneys. And they went out and did a lot of research and then came back and wrote a white paper that would prove which one of us was right or wrong. Okay. Okay. So that's what has happened here. Uh, The National Bureau of uh, Economic Research commissioned three very well-known economists to answer some questions. Mm -hmm. And I don't like, back to my point about trends, I don't like the trend that I'm seeing develop in America. Right. Um, And a lot of it is related to maybe some immediate things that have occurred, Mm -hmm. like covid and uh, contested elections and that sort of thing. But over the last year, the numbers don't look, look really good for the future when it comes to saving and investing. Now, can you think, the average American household, what would have happened over the last year to bring the trend down? You know, up until then, the trend was was gaining a little every year. We may have 12% people saving, and then a couple years mm-hmm. later, later, we'd have 15% of the people who were saving in their 401k. And it, it, but the last 12 months, it's gone down. So that, uh, I guess on a macro level, right, you mm-hmm. look at America and mm-hmm. savings rates of America, there are a couple of things in my mind uh, that stand out mm-hmm. that would affect that. First and foremost, it's market-related. Okay. All right? So uh, if if you generally have good or well-performing markets, mm-hmm. right, 
a lot of people are going to invest in those markets, whether it be through your 401k, through investment accounts, that sort of thing, right? Okay. Which would lend the savings rate to decrease a little bit. Okay. Now, say, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to confuse savings with investing here. Okay? All right. All right. So you explain why savings and invest, uh, investing are different in your mind. All right. So in, investing is, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, uh, you're making an investment or uh, a purchase of an asset that you think is going to grow over time. Okay. Savings, uh, in my opinion, would be for short-term needs. Okay. Investing would be for long-term needs. All right. So both of them are putting money away. Right. I don't, I'm not keeping it in my pocket mm-hmm. to spend today. Right. Both of them are making me kind of delay gratification and, mm-hmm. and make, make some long-term or in the future, whether it's tomorrow or 50 years yep. from now, decisions. Mm-hmm. But saving is liquid. It, it's something right. you're going to need quickly. Mm-hmm. Investing is something that you think will grow yep. over over time. time. Right. Okay. So I, I go back and I look at history, right? Mm-hmm. And and most recently, and, and everybody's mind, I guess, mm-hmm. would be the financial crisis of 2008. Okay. Lots of influences going into that, right? Mm-hmm. But prior to 2008, you had very cheap credit, mm-hmm. which you still do today, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not much interest mm-hmm. on uh, banks and, and, and uh, banking type products or savings types products. Yeah. And the stock market was doing pretty good until then. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it took a, a, a catapult or a catalyst right. to make people realize, hey, you know, maybe I ought to be saving a little bit of money along the way as well as investing. All right. Right? All right. So sometimes so that, a crisis can encourage people to save. A- absolutely. And we've seen that from trends. We've seen that. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I say that uh, with with the idea of you look back over the last year. Mm-hmm. Well, what's happened over the last year? Well, generally speaking, mar- markets have been performing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then you had coronavirus hit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you had a big uh, big correction in the stock market, 30-something percent back last March. Mm-hmm. You know, that was less than a year ago, a 30% correction in the market, mm-hmm. right? Right. People had to reevaluate and reassess, hey, what am I doing investment-wise, and am I doing enough savings-wise? Well, then you had, on top of that, a number of folks who were without a job. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now they don't have the income to save. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's you've got some outside influences pushing in on this. You do. You do. You I got- think that they that had they had the jobs, mm-hmm. I think you would have seen savings rates increase slightly. Yeah. Yeah. But because they didn't have the jobs, mm-hmm. savings rates in the United States probably went down a little bit. Yeah, because you make a really good point. In order for Phil Womack, our executive producer over there, to save any money, he's got to have he's some He's got to have some money. Right. right. And he's got to have some income mm-hmm. from which to make decisions, expend mm-hmm. or save. Sure. But if he doesn't have the income, or even if they do something with the unemployment check Mm -hmm. and and as we did we did a little stimulus stuff and tried to get a little extra money to him he's still kind of cautious absolutely you know you got to keep on l-i-v-i-n right yeah you got a living you got living to do Mm -hmm. and 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 some of it we hope is fun living you know and party and Mm -hmm. and and enjoy and travel and stuff but you're probably not going to do that if you're on on an unemployment or you think Mm -hmm. you're going to be on it for an extended period of time sure so two or three things have occurred in the last year 
that would indicate to us that, at least temporarily, savings rates are down. Mm -hmm. The problem is the trend uh, when savings rates go down and what will help them turn around. Uh, and, and that's what I was interested in reading mm -hmm. from this, this working white paper here coming out of the National Bureau of Economic Research. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, and if you're in, in that category of people that may be concerned about the market, concerned about the pandemic, concerned about your health, concerned about your job, I hope this, this particular edition of the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk is just for you. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Levis, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We're talking about savings rates and the fact that over the last year, uh, during 2020 and the first part of 2021 here, um, uh, we've got a real concern. Uh, people aren't saving as much. They're not investing. And I'm talking about the guy on the street. Mm -hmm. not investing as much in their 401ks. You and I have kind of seen this, you know, because we help administer some retirement plans mm -hmm. for some businesses. Um, you know, uh, we've had a few people call up and say, hey, you know, I've worked at XYZ Corporation for a while and I want to start saving, mm -hmm. but not as many as we'd like. Right. You know, and we've had some people tell their employer, man, I, I need to quit. I need to quit saving that, that money in that 401k. I'm putting 5%. And right now, I'd like to have that 5%. Now, some of those are individual decisions. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, somebody wants to get out of debt and they, they feel like that they, they need to have the money there. They're going to send their kids to college or they need to buy a new car or whatever. And that, that's one of the options they think of where they can come up with a, a little extra money, whether you and I think that would be the, the right decision mm -hmm. or not. Uh, uh, you know, people are, are adults and they can make their own decisions yeah. whether we agree with them or not. And, and you know, one of the big reasons, and I, I'm not going to throw out a statistic here because mm -hmm. we made fun of it earlier, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say a majority of the, the Americans out there, of Americans out there, are 100% uh, relying on Social Security for their retirement income. Gosh, God bless them. A majority. Yeah. It means over 50%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just think about that, you know, um, you know, the most you can get out of Social Security, if you're a multimillionaire mm -hmm. and you've run a very successful business, the most you can get out is about three grand a month. About that. Okay. Now, try to live in one of those ritzy neighborhoods on mm -hmm. three grand a month. Right. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, try to live in a middle class neighborhood on two grand a month. Mm-hmm. Try to live in any neighborhood, out in the country or you know, in a ghetto. Sure. For a thousand a month, and you're telling me, and you're right, that over fifty percent of the people who are over the age of sixty-five are trying to live on their social security. Mm -hmm. it means pinching pennies. Right. It means you're probably giving up some things, and. You know, you may not have the world's greatest health care. You may not be able to find uh, and, and, and afford that best Medicare supplement. You're going to mm -hmm. have to take the one that doesn't pay as much. Yep. And certainly doesn't cover, you know, dental and vision. Right. A, a lot of these decisions people are having to make because earlier on in their life, 
because of circumstance or their own decisions, they didn't save enough, mm-hmm. whether in the short term or the long term. So let's get back to this survey. There are three or four reasons that these economists came up with that over the last year we seem to be saving uh, less. One was one we already touched on, and that is people are concerned about the the consistency of a paycheck. Right. So if you know if you think you're going to get a paycheck every week and you like your job pretty well and you get along decently well with your employer and and the people around you and you think you're going to stay here a while it's pretty you know it's almost a no-brainer you're going to save two five ten percent in your retirement plan Mm -hmm. right right because you don't want to live on social security Mm -hmm. alone but if you're concerned that they may cut back or they may furlough or they may eliminate things you're probably going to try to save as much money as you can in cold, hard cash. Right. People are doing that. Here's another thing that the survey results show, and that is people are concerned about dying early. Yeah. You think COVID has contributed to that? Absolutely it has. You know, we've always had people pass away in their mm-hmm. 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. God bless them. Right. From heart disease and addictions and diabetes mm-hmm. and accidents and other things. But, you know, up until the pandemic, did your, the, the news source you choose, up until 2020, did your u- news so- source start every newscast with, today so many people died of heart disease? No. Today, so many people, such and such statistic percentage of the American population passed away because of diabetes. Did we even get numbers on how many people were passing away with flu very often? Not very often, no. How about pneumonia? Mm. I mean, people were passing away in our society and have been. And, you know, uh, both of my parents are gone. All of us are going to die. But for some reason... 2020 became the year of the pandemic, and it became the year to tell us every day how many people were dying. Right. What is that going to do to your psychology? Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that we're not seeing more depression out there right now. Maybe a reason that we need to get Cassandra Decker back on. Uh, we on probably the show. do. We, we yeah. need to have our mm-hmm. our psychiatrists and our, our psychologists mm-hmm. back in here right. uh, to talk about how that's affecting mm-hmm. us. Because if you're afraid of dying, afraid of dying early, then that investing thing you mm-hmm. talked about where you use the term long-term, that ain't in my vocabulary. Right. If I'm thinking about dying early, mm-hmm. huh? and it can affect the way I think about life if I'm concerned about dying, and the way I think about life affects whether I'm saving or not. Mm-hmm. How are we going to change that? I mean, if, if, if all this is part of a trend, that I'm seeing and I'm a little alarmed at. How do we? How do we change? Do we, do we get hold of this 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 pandemic and this virus really quickly? Yeah, is that one so, of the things. So you know, you're talking about um, the statistics here and and the numbers of people who are who are dying early, people that are afraid of dying early, mm-hmm. which is now um i guess more prevalent than it was a year ago mm-hmm. right yeah. uh or or more in front of you mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um however what's the risk of living too long uh, and outliving your money 
See, see, see there you come again. I know, he's I doing know, it. Yeah. He's doing it again, Phil. He, you know, here I am, and you know, I, I'm looking at these statistics. You're just saying, like, okay, I'm good with it. Go ahead and promote me. And I'm like, yeah, but what if it doesn't Bubba's happen? And like, whoa, let's think about it. I know it. how you, know. you run and how you eat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's just really think about the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I'm either going to die today or live. Right. I mean, really, two sides of the coin. I'm either going to die or live. I hope the chances are more in favor of the living. Now, I know there are some people who are really concerned about the dying part, and it has affected their savings rate. Yep. And as you said, it may affect their psychiatric position, Mm -hmm. and they may be depressed. So you're telling me I need to think about the other side of the coin. Right. And the other side of the coin says I may live. Yeah. And then here's Bubba saying, and Greg, you may live too long. Right. I was just talking I, about dying I guess it's too turning early. That, that pessimism into optimism. Uh-huh. And and then to further it, it's an optimistic optimistic pessimism. Right? What well, if I live too long? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I hope I, I live love. a long time, but what if I live too long? Uh-huh. You know? And you say that is a possibility too. I think it's uh, more of a possibility than dying too early. Say that again. I, I think that living too long uh, is more of a possibility of dying too early. Now, if I have the pandemic and I had one right. of those comorbidities and I'm in an ICU and God bless those people who are there now, um, I'm concerned for you and your family. Um, I am thinking about dying too early and there is right. a, a mm-hmm. real probability that that may be the case. Yeah. But as a percentage of our population statistically speaking as a percentage of our population i think that uh most individuals throughout the united states uh are not prepared for a longer life expectancy than what they anticipate now you've said it before Mm -hmm. talking about longevity and the other side of the coin but let's say it again just so it sinks in some a, a baby girl born today in a in a family where the the parents mm-hmm. provide health care yep has a likelihood of living like to 120 120 yeah an average of 120 120 120 so if you're a 40-year-old out there and all you have heard on the news is how they lead in mm-hmm. with how many people have died today and you thought about stop stop saving my 401k, I may die early, Bubba's telling me that there's more of a likelihood I'm probably going to live too long. Yeah. And, or longer than I thought. And if you think about it, uh, a greater likelihood that you're going to spend more time in traditional retirement than you did working. Oh, really? Yeah. So most people probably work 30 years, 30 to 40? 40 years. Yeah, let's say it's 40 years. Go to work in your early 20s. Retire 65. Okay. So that, yeah, Yeah. do the math there. We're talking over 40 years. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking that somebody's going to live 40 years in retirement? Yes. That does mean I need to have more money saved. Mm-hmm. And I need to be thinking more positively today about the future. 
as opposed to being maybe controlled by some kind of pandemic-induced loss of interest. Right. And I, and I think that's what's happened to, to many of us. We, we just let the cloud stay over our head mm-hmm. a long time. So we're going to go to break. We're going to come back and talk about why we should think more positively and why the sun could be shining. That other side of the coin here at the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening to us. And today we're talking, Bubba, about kind of an alarming uh, statistic and trend that is occurring about people coming through this, this pandemic and not saving as much. I want to go back to a point you made earlier related to one of the reasons people may or may not be doing it, and that is the performance of the market. Right. All right, so you and I have made this point a lot, in, whether it's on the radio mm-hmm. in, or in public forums where we do presentations or, or whatever, that it, you know, it's frustrating to us that you can have lots of experience in this industry. You can uh, have a track record mm-hmm. in this industry. You can have college degrees specific to this industry. Yeah. You can have certifications and licenses and all of those things behind your name, all those letters, Mm -hmm. you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 letters that we do after our name, okay? And then we're talking to somebody like Phil over here about his finances. And you know what Phil's more likely to do than listen to us? He's more likely. He's probably more likely to listen to a family member. Mm He's pro- whether they have all that experience and track record and, and education and certifications and industry recognition or whatever, he's probably more likely to listen to a family member or a friend mm-hmm. or the herd. Yep. The herd, more importantly. The herd. We're yeah. going to come back to that. Or his own fear or greed. Right. Now, yesterday we spent some time on fear and greed when mm-hmm. we talked to about shorting the market and mm-hmm. what happened with the GameStop and all that sort of stuff and Robin Hood. Right. He's more likely to do those five things than he is to listen to somebody who objectively is trying to give him advice based on their experience mm-hmm. and their track record and their education. And we ask the question all the time, why? Mm-hmm. Why, would, why would he rather listen to the herd? Now, who is... The herd, probably in Phil Womack's life, it, it's it's primal. Oh, and and I'll and I say that because uh, there are safety in numbers. Uh-huh. Look at the herd mentality. You know, look at uh, birds mm-hmm. how they swarm. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, wildebeest mm-hmm. in Africa. Right? Mm-hmm. They they go along with the herd because there are safety in numbers, and everybody's doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be an alligator here that that you know every <laughs> once in a while jumps out and gets one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. rather than uh, you know being out there on your own, right, 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 there's safety in numbers. So I got this oldest yep. daughter. She's in ve- interested in this veterinary medicine thing. Mm-hmm. She's down there at the Mississippi State University, and they're charging me an arm and a leg. Right. All right. And one of the reasons she got interested in this is because she's interested in the psychology of the animal. Okay. And and part of it was the wildebeest thing. Mm-hmm. She'd seen the thing on the National Geographic, and here they are. Yeah. They're all running, and they go through that marshy area, and mm-hmm. there are the, the caiman or the alligator right. or the crocodile, whatever mm-hmm. they have over there. And here's one 
of these wildebeests that gets snapped by the leg and mm-hmm. pulled around. And my daughter, when she was five years old, would see that and be yelling at the rest of them, help him! Right. Stop! You know, if five or six of you started stomping yeah. on that thing mm-hmm. and stuck it with your horns, he'd let go of your friend. Right. But you let your friend mm-hmm. get eaten. Well, and, and if the friend is uh, being eaten, right? Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about that alligator eating you. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. you need to worry about the next alligator. Yeah. Right? And, and also, you know, in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking, you know, nobody helped old Bubba out when he got snapped by the alligator. Mm-hmm. And if it happens to me, ain't nobody going to help me. Mm-hmm. You would think they'd have a committee meeting. Right. This is what we yeah. do at church. Mm-hmm. We'd have a committee meeting and we'd say, hey, you know, the next time this happens, at least two or three of us need to stop out and kind of help. Yeah. We got these shark horns. We weigh seven or 800 pounds a piece. We got all these hard hooves. Five or six of us jump on top of that caiman. He's going to let go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to save our friend. And oh, by yep. the way, we would now set a trend where the next time I get grabbed, I know somebody's going to come mm-hmm. to my rescue. But no. Right. What does the herd mentality tell them? Follow. Yep. Now, how many people, especially red-blooded Americans, want to be seen as followers. They don't even know they're doing it, do they? They don't know that they're doing it. I think we get up in the morning and we want to be leaders. We want to be innovators. We want to tell ourselves that we don't follow nobody. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I saw the last time you made an investment decision and you followed the other mm-hmm. five guys you have lunch with. Right. And you didn't listen to my advice at all. Mm-hmm. So you are a follower. Yep. What is so attractive about the herd? Again, safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you're wrong, then you got five or six or seven other people that are wrong mm-hmm. with you. Yep. And you can commiserate. And you can pat each other on the back. We've, we've done a couple of show on biases, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that herd mentality is a bias. It is. And it's, it's like deeply ingrained in our mm-hmm. reptilian brains sure. to do it. But it's not necessarily the best thing for you. And I think what's happening in the middle of this pandemically induced decision to stop saving and think about dying early, part of that is influenced by what I hear around me. Mm-hmm. What's everybody at lunch talking? What's yeah. what's my herd talking about? What are they worried about? Why are they scared? Oh, two or three of them called their investment guy and went to cash? Well, then I think I need to do that. Right. Did you ask your investment guy before you demanded he go to cash? Is this the mm-hmm. good thing to do? Well, no. Because you don't want to listen to him. You listen to Joe Blow at lunch. Right. Who does not have a finance degree, does not have years of experience, does not have a track record, do, is not thinking objectively for you. Or or you've listened to somebody or an individual trying to sell you something else. Oh. Which is an even uh, you know bigger thing that I see on a daily basis. And and whether they're selling you on fear, 
Mm-hmm. Or, or trying to sell a book that they're trying to sell mm-hmm. or trying to sell you a subscription because they're the greatest market timer and investor of all time. Which doesn't exist. Right. Or they're they're trying to sell you on the fact that they've got, you know, the, the stock market figured out and these are the five stocks that you need to own to double in the next year. Yep. And you thought, you know, your your spouse thought, your children thought, mm-hmm. your advisor thought your CPA thought, your attorney thought you guys had a plan. Yep. And here you guys, you go flying off the handle when you're full of baloney mm-hmm. and you're making decisions that are based on the three or four things we said that you they shouldn't be based on. Mm-hmm. They're based on the fear. Right. They're based on the greed. They're based on the herd mentality. Mm-hmm. It, all those biases. Right. As opposed to logic. Mm-hmm. And then Bubba comes in and says, don't worry about dying too early. You need to worry about living too long. Yeah. And it's like a slap of cold water that hopefully wakes us up. It says that, you know, I don't need to quit saving. I don't need to quit investing. I don't need to quit thinking about the future. Because like Greg Cooley said, I'm either going to die or I'm going to live. And there's probably more of a likelihood that mm-hmm. I'm going to live. So I need to be prepared for the living. Right. Now, one of the things that we see from this survey here that is also alarming to me is that when people think of security, is that part of that? thing with the herd mentality that you responded to a, a minute ago with having all the other people feel like you and and the, and the mm-hmm. safety and numbers and all that sort of yeah. stuff all right so most of us like the word security mm-hmm. in in a bunch of different contexts sure but many people think about security as today's dollar mm-hmm Okay, how much money do I have in my pocket? How much money do I have in the bank? How much money can I get my hand on if the tire blows or my kid gets sick? And those are all legitimate questions. Okay, but they and if, sh- and if something really bad were to happen, how long will that money last me? Oh, now you're taking me a little farther yep. down the road mm-hmm. because most of the time I haven't saved enough in the past, so I don't have enough to last me more than a week or two. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. So what happens at the end of a week or two? Well, then you're scrounging, mm-hmm. right? You're looking around saying, I've got to have cash. I've got to have money in mm-hmm. order to, to maintain my existence. Okay. And where am I probably going to get that cash? I'm going to take a job I don't like, right? working for somebody I don't like, doing something mm-hmm. I don't like, or I'm going to have to sell some of my stuff. Right. Or I'm gonna to have to steal, uh, you know, or or borrow it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. at high interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There I am, kind of back where I've always been. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten myself out of this quagmire, and I've gotten a little depressed because of a pandemic, and I've quit saving and I've quit investing, and I'm like I was three years ago. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the last three years didn't exist. So, based on all of these things that have come out of this, this uh, survey, what should we in the next segment tell people to do? Well, stay tuned, and we're going to talk about 
how that maybe you can see a lot of these challenges you feel as opportunities on the Advisors Roundtable, Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening. And uh, we've been going over a survey that came out of a direction from the National Bureau of Economic Research about, um, you know, it has the COVID-19 and the pandemic and the, the stock market correction of the early part of 2020. Has that caused you to stop saving? Has it caused you to stop investing? Has it caused you to have uh, a negative attitude about your own longevity? Um, and unfortunately, it seems like a lot of Americans say yeah to all three or mm -hmm. four of those questions. So let's see what we can do here to the advisor at the advisor's roundtable to address each one of those. First of all, the stock market. I'm depressed about the stock market, Bubba. I had $100,000 January the 1st of 2020, and then I had it invested in three or four different things in the market, and I look up at the end of the first quarter, and it was down to seventy-eight grand. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, if I keep losing $22,000 a quarter, I'm going to be out of money in three or four quarters. So I just pulled it all out. Yep. Do you understand why they would have that thought process? Yes, I do. So did they do the right thing? No, they did not. Why not? And again, I would get back to the, the question that, that I asked earlier. Are you an investor or not? Okay, so we should have asked this question before they put the hundred grand in right. January the first, mm -hmm. right? Correct. Now, if they said I'm a saver and I'm afraid of losing any money mm -hmm. and I may need this money for a down payment on my ha my house in the next year or two, mm -hmm. you the would have told stock them stock market is not the place for you. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if they said, "Yeah, I'm an investor and this is really money that I'm saving for my kids' college in fifteen years." Mm -hmm. And I want it to grow, and I can't find any yield in a CD. Well, then maybe they should have had sure. it invested. Yeah. So then they look at that first quarter, and it goes down to seventy-eight thousand. And they say, "I'm done. I can't handle this volatility." And all the greed, and all the fear, mm -hmm. and all the herd mentality influences on their lives mm -hmm. said, "Save yourself, security." Right. Yeah, you know, warning, Will Robinson, warning. Mm -hmm. Right. And those of you who don't know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. <laughs> are probably under the age of 40 right. and, and need to go Google it, mm -hmm. all right? It will entertain you, all right? So they pulled out. You say they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. Why not? And they shouldn't have if they were a long-term investor. Yeah, if they answered yes to a lot of right. questions related to it at least being 15 years before they need this money. Oh, yeah, you just said it yourself, 15 years, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can't give something three months when yep. you've already said to yourself, hey, this is long-term money that I'm looking at for 15 years from now. Uh-huh. Now, there's a possibility that maybe you had the wrong types of investments based on your risk tolerance, uh, right? Which maybe. is a totally different conversation it, it, of whether it, uh, it, that, it. That, that, you know, goes against of whether you're a saver or investor, mm -hmm. right? So I've got this client yeah. that's been married 61 years. Mm -hmm. 61 years. Yeah. Okay. Over the age of 80. 
and 61 years to the same person. Okay. Not just married right. 61. I know a number mm-hmm. of people have been married 60 years, but seven here, 12 there, 13 mm-hmm. over there, well, whatever, and it adds up to 61. But this dude's been married the same person for 61 years. You know what happened on his honeymoon? She got sick. They didn't have fun on the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They couldn't leave the Memphis airport. Yep. She got she ate something at her own wedding reception. Right. Sixty-one years ago. So just think about how long that was. Yep. That was in like nineteen fifty-eight, something mm-hmm. like that. All right. We didn't know as much as we know now about, you know, refrigeration and whatever. And, sure. what, and, and so she ate something at her own wedding reception. By the time they got to Memphis, she had all kinds of issues. They actually had to take her to the emergency room in her wedding gown. Mm-hmm. Because a long time ago, you know, you know what the tradition was. That's when we threw the rice on people. Yep. Now we're told we're not supposed to throw rice. Right. But we, we threw rice, and, and they came out, and he was still in his tux, and she was in the wedding. All that mm-hmm. old stuff that you know people don't do much anymore. Right. But they jumped in their car and took off. They get to Memphis, and she's not well. She's mm-hmm. turned green. Now, should he have come back home and annulled the wedding because he didn't – have the honeymoon that he was anticipating? I don't know. It's a good thought. (laughs) But 61 years, right? He married that woman for the long run. Right. He stuck in there with her. He knew what the plan was. He knew it wasn't going to always be rosy. He didn't Mm -hmm. plan that for his honeymoon. Mm -hmm. You didn't plan last year's first quarter. Right. But you did plan Mm -hmm. to be a long-term investor in this example. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that I shouldn't let the first experience right. kick me in the teeth. And I, and I think as financial advisors, we try to do the best job of, of setting expectations early okay. with any new investor. And then, uh, more importantly, reiterating those expectations on uh, a, a semi-annual or annual basis. Yeah. You know, if you've got a, a 20% return in, in your accounts in one year... Mm-hmm. Please do not expect that every year. There you go. It's not going to happen. Because the expectation setting works on the other side of the Mm -hmm. spectrum too, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just trying to talk you off the ledge when the market's gone down and you've lost Mm $22,000 on paper in one quarter. It's also when the market's gone up and you've made $30,000 in a quarter. Right. And and Bubba's telling me, you know what, dude? Uh, This ain't normal. Right. I mean, appreciate it while you got Mm -hmm. it but it's probably going to come back and revert to the mean, and you're going to average somewhere mm-hmm. between 5 and 12. Right. Average. And that's what you need to set mm-hmm. your expectation for. Yep. But my greed tells me to get rich quick, Bubba. That does. Huh? Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me something, you know, that's I'm going to buy it at $20, and it's going to be $400. Tomorrow. Can you do it tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Huh? Can you? No. And probably not. Probably not consistently. So part of this is a point you make is my expectation mm-hmm. for this difference between investing and saving. So these people who looked at the market and let the market kick them in the teeth and now they have a, 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 a not a good attitude mm-hmm. about saving and investing, maybe we need to talk to them. All right, here's another one. People are dying. Yeah. 
And that's not encouraging. People have died. And that's not encouraging. We have a pandemic around the world. Right. And that's not encouraging. You said it yourself a minute ago. It's a wonder more of us aren't depressed. Sure. So give me something positive to that. Huh? Something positive to people are dying around me. One one point I'd make to you is a point we made earlier on. People have been dying forever. Right. God bless them. I don't wish it on you. I don't wish it on myself anytime soon. It's going to happen. Yes, the pandemic is probably picked on the weaker of us. Mm -hmm. And I hate the pandemic for it. But we've had this happen before. Mm Mm-hmm. And before, people weren't telling us how many folks died of heart and how many people were dying of pneumonia and how many people were dying of flu. But they were dying. We just weren't being influenced by it, by the media influences in our life. And that's really where I'm going to take you this last two minutes. Who makes up your herd? Which media influences, which individuals do you have around you that are setting your expectations, that are influencing you and your thought processes and eventually your actions? One, one of my favorite sayings is it's hard to, to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by so many buzzards. <laughs> there you go. You know? Right. And you know why an eagle is as majestic as an eagle is? Not just because of his his appearance and his genetics, because he what the way he or she looks at life. Right. They're not down here with us mm-hmm. very often. They swoop down and they move back up there to the higher heights. Right. You know? They don't let the buzzards and the attitude of the buzzards and the things the buzzard eats and, and, and the way the buzzard hunts affect mm-hmm. them. They're individualistic. Sure. They're leaders. Sometimes they do it alone. You ever seen an eagle's nest? Mm-hmm. Are there about 15 or 20 around them? You know, you built a big eagle's nest here in this tree, and so I'm going to come along and I'm going to build an eagle's nest right beside you? Uh-uh. Most of the time, an eagle's nest is, is solitary. Right. He or she, that couple is living mm-hmm. up there, and they're willing to go it alone. The, right. the, the, the herd mentality is not that important to them. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to set your own plan and your own direction and hang in there. All that from the Advisors Roundtable at Super Talk Radio. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriate
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.